Our planet is doomed. And it's not because of Vladimir Putin, although you could blame him because we're all to blame, every single human. Here's the headline from the Washington Post. Quote, rising seas obliterate nations, colon, U.N. officials, unquote. And here's a quote from the story. A senior U.N. environmental official says entire nations could be wiped off the face of the earth by rising sea levels if the global warming trend is not reversed by the year 2030. Noel Brown is director of UNEP, that's the New York Office of the United Nations Environmental Project, and he says because of rising sea levels, another quote here, ecological refugees will become a major concern, and what's worse is you may find that people can move to drier ground, but the soil and the natural resources may not support life. According to Brown, the Earth's temperature will rise 1 to 7 degrees Fahrenheit in the next 30 years. The story says, another quote here, nations will be asked to reduce the use of fossil fuels, cut the emission of carbon dioxide and other greenhouse gases, such as methane and fluorocarbons, and preserve the rainforests. It's obviously a dire situation. But wait, I lied. Story I just told you, that was from 1989. And it didn't say we had until 2030. It said we had until the year 2000, so we're all dead. Anyway, here's a story from today's Washington Post. And the headline is, The world is running out of options to hit climate goals. Climate goals, I should say. Comma, UN report shows, unquote. Here's the first sentence, quote. The world is on track to blaze past a crucial climate target within eight years, some of the planet's top researchers, economists, and social scientists said in a sober assessment Monday, unquote. And here's more. Quote, in chapter after chapter, the IPCC, that's the UN, underscores that addressing climate change is not simply about replacing coal power with solar panels or exchanging an internal combustion engine car for electric vehicle. It entails coordinated, comprehensive, and are you ready? Societal transformation. You get that? So is it time to listen to them now? Well, be, pre- be prepared to told be be prepared to be told that it is. Anyway, when we come back, we're going to talk to our friend H. Sterling Burnett of Heartland Institute, and he's going to blow some large holes in this UN's report. Stick around. When it's time to replace your roof, siding, gutters, and downspouts, entry doors, and, of course, windows, you can count on Windows R Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. This is John Stoggerwall. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows R Us offers repair and replacement for all your exterior home projects. Why pay double with some other companies? Windows R Us will always give you the best price on the best in-class products, backed by the best warranties in the industry, all with zero sales pressure. And speaking of zero... Right now, get zero interest financing for 12 months and no processing fee with prices set to increase on all exterior products. Lock in your quote today. Schedule a free estimate and inspection today at windowsarustpittsburgh.com. You've tried the rest, now try the best. windowsarustpittsburgh.com. Windows 
When you take the time to really get to know your body, you find that the root causes of its aches and pains are usually simple. The older we get, the more exercise we undertake and the more injuries we sustain, the more inflammation our bodies suffer from. It's so simple. And my answer to that pain is Relief Factor, which I discovered years ago and take every single day to great effect. It helps the body to fight off inflammation and I've never found anything that worked better in my life. I can't recommend it enough. 70% of the more than half a million people who have tried Relief Factor end up ordering more. That's because it works for them the way it works for me. Isn't it time for you to get out of pain? Your first step to becoming pain-free should be to order the three-week quick start for the discounted price of only $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800-4-RELIEF to find out more about this offer. Feel the difference. relieffactor.com. Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 3388 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 3388. Enjoy. Spring cleaning is upon us, but there's one meaningful box that you don't throw away when cleaning out your closet. It's the box filled with your family's important videotapes, film reels, and photos. Hi, I'm Adam Baselogger. And I'm Nick Mako. We started Legacy Box over a decade ago to help families organize and update their analog media to digital. Legacy Box is simple and easy. It works and is safe. Over a million families have trusted Legacy Box. And Legacy Box has been featured in Good Housekeeping, The Today Show, and Rachel Ray. Legacy Box is like magic, converting your shoebox of memories to the cloud or thumb drive, ready to watch and share. Declutter your closet by digitizing your media. Become more organized and accomplished, knowing your family's recorded past is safe forever. Take advantage of our spring cleaning sale going on now. It's the easiest task to check off your to-do list. Go to LegacyBox.com slash LBOX to get an incredible 50% off your Legacy Box. That's LegacyBox.com slash LBOX for 50% off while supplies last. LegacyBox.com slash LBOX. The John Steigerwall Show. AM 1250, The Answer. We told you in the open that a report from the United Nations says we have until 2030 to uh, shape up where the planet is doomed. The Washington Post has a long story out today with a summary of the report, which, by the way, is thousands of pages. And the headline says, quote, this is from the Washington Post, the world is running out of options to hit climate goals, U.N. report shows, unquote. H. Sterling Burnett is director of the Robinson Center on Climate and Environmental, Environmental Policy at the Heartland Institute. He joins us now. Sterling, thanks for coming on again. I, I keep bothering you guys because I keep seeing stuff like this pop up and you're, you're the people I lean on to get some sanity. So um, in my open, uh, thanks for being here, first of all. Um, yeah, no, thanks for having me on. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a wild uh, report. They, uh, it's, 
it's 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 a little puzzling. I mean, they have no new data, but the, the report is more dire than ever before. Well, I, I'm going every, to every every year. Go ahead. I, I want to I want to because you you didn't. I'm sure you didn't hear this um, when I read it at the uh, open of the show. But this is a uh, this is a uh, the lead paragraph in a story from the Associated Press in 1989. A senior UN environmental official says entire nations could be wiped off the face of the earth uh, by rising sea levels if the global warming trend is not reversed by the year 2000. That's from 1989. So anyway, go ahead. <laughs> and in the 1970s. Uh, um Paul Ehrlich said New York would be underwater, and uh, James Hansen, a few years later, said New York should soon be underwater. These guys are like a really, really bad death cult. They keep predicting the date of doom. Repeatedly, they say, in 10 years, uh, it will be over. In 10 years, it will be over. They've made these claims dozens of times over the decades, and it's never over. And it's never and next week response, either, Sterling. It's never. It's going to be. You know, we have two weeks. It's ten years. So, you know, it's, yeah, it's but, always but, far but enough in advance. Years, yeah, but the thing is, it's 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 been thirty years since the first UN climate report, and every one of their projections has has been wrong. Right. They predicted double the temperature of that we've experienced. They predicted more than double the sea level rise we've experienced. The point is, they keep saying disaster is ten years off. Ten years comes and goes. And it doesn't happen. They're like they're they're like these death cults that predict a date certain for death, uh, for for the second coming or whatever. And then when it doesn't happen, they say, "Oh, we got the math wrong, but we're really right this time." Yeah, um, it's crazy. The, the, the UN secretary said we're near the point where the planet will be unlivable. I mean, really, really. Yeah. yeah. Let's say let's say sea levels rise, mm-hmm. so people will just in New York. In Florida, they'll just sit there and drown as opposed to moving inland. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It'll it become unlivable. Uh, we, we won't be able to go grow crops anywhere. It's that's uh, that is a flat, unbelievable, stupid statement for him to make. Well, let me let me tell you. This is from the because uh, you said they've been wrong. So this is um, from the Washington Post story today. Now this is th- this entire report. You can tell by the by the way that it's presented in the Post that the writers, the two writers, uh, gobbled this up, you know, every, every bit of it. They 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 bought it uh, hook, line, and sinker. It says, this is from the story, the, IPC, the IPCC issued its first-ever assessment on climate change in 1990, warning that humanity's greenhouse gas emissions were heating the planet at a pace unmatched in thousands of years, and it projected global temperatures could hit 1.8 degrees above pre-industrial levels by 2025. Those predictions were right, unquote. That's what they said. Well, hold it. We haven't reached 2025. Right. So unless they're already 1.8 <laughs> degrees above yeah. Yeah. and we're not, right. then they can't say those predictions were right. Secondly, uh, who cares? <laughs> There's a huge difference between the temperature in Minnesota and South Florida. People don't retire to Minnesota. It's a lot more than 1.8 degrees, and there's no evidence whatsoever that 1.8 degrees makes the planet unlivable. Yeah, well, that's uh, so. But I, I, it's just if you read this story, you can find it at WashingtonPost.com. Um, it's just so obvious that they they buy everything that, that, that the UN is selling on this. This is what else they write. 
Uh, the writers say that human carbon pollution has already uh, pushed the planet into unprecedented – this is the writer saying this now. Human carbon pol- pollution has already pushed the planet into unprecedented territory, ravaging ecosystems, rising sea levels, and exposing millions of people to new weather extremes. Would you like to address the statements in that sentence, uh, Sterling? Well, gosh, where to start? First off, uh, carbon dioxide is not a pollutant unless the Washington Post writers are willing to admit that every time they exhale, they're polluting the planet. Mm-hmm. Um, secondly, uh, show me these weather extremes. I don't mean a hurricane occurred. I don't mean a wildfire took place. Those happen all the time and have always happened throughout history. Show me the evidence that so-called climate change is making them worse, because the data doesn't back that up. Data doesn't show hurricanes are getting more severe. Data doesn't show sea levels are rising that they have uh, faster at a, at a faster rate than they have historically since the end of the last ice age. Data doesn't show wildfires are getting worse. In fact, they've declined 25% globally over the last 20 years. So they can keep talking about weather extremes. The data shows p- the number of people dying due to temperature-related and weather-related disasters or extreme temperatures is declining. So tell me where the extreme weather is making things worse. Well, that's the data. That's that's the data. That's not the IPCC claiming something. That's data that government that government itself provides. This is a big deal. It's a it's a th- this this report is thousands of pages long. Uh, yep. It was participated in w- by hundreds of countries, um, and. It's uh, today's. I guess the first day it came out. This is the, the Washington Post said it, it is was the report re- was released today. So I'm guessing it's yeah. brand new. So what should we be expecting from the media and uh, their 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 friends in the Democrat Party? Uh, well, look, they'll be feeding off this for weeks. Uh, I would suggest that probably everything that they've said comes from the executive summary, and when they say hundreds of you know dozens of of countries have been involved, hundreds of people. Make be clear on that. That doesn't mean hundreds of scientists and science has spoken because the executive summary is not written by scientists. It's written by politicians. Yeah, it says they had officials from over two hundred yeah, countries officials. working on the language yeah. for the report. That's it. Yeah, they tell the scientists what they wanted to say. In the end, the scientific body, the scientific report is two thousand pages. The executive summary might be a couple of hundred pages. That's all anyone sees, and that's not written by the scientists. That's written by the politicians. It's called. It's not called the Inter- International Scientific Panel on Climate Change. It's called the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change. Oh yeah, that's a, yeah. So why yeah? So why should that make anybody more likely to believe what they came up with? The fact that they report that officials from over two hundred countries worked on the language for the report. So they, that's yeah, their interpretation yeah. of the report. Yeah, how many how many of those officials were from countries that, that we all trust? I mm-hmm. mean, even in, even in our own, you know, our own administration. Do you trust them on on climate and energy policy? Uh, th- this guy Biden, who claims Russia is responsible for our high energy costs, despite the fact that energy costs had gone up dramatically before Russia ever invaded Ukraine. Yeah. <laughs> And, I don't. And uh, the uh, the report, the IPCC report, uh, blames the lack of progress on, quote, incumbent 
fossil fuel interests. Yeah, yeah. Uh, as opposed to, I don't know, uh, <laughs> let's just look around the world. Who might we point to? Who's the fastest growing carbon emitter in the world? country called China. Yeah. I'm sure they're driven by fossil fuel interests. No, they're driven by the Chinese Communist Party, who keeps using more and more coal, uh, who already emit double our emissions and more emissions from carbon dioxide than all the industrialized countries combined on Earth. And they're growing. They said, China has said, you know, this isn't some oil company. This is China has said, uh, we expect to peak emissions by 2030. But peak at what level? If they peak double where they are today, uh, you know, if you believe the alarmist, then the world's over. Right. The, 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 the point is, I, I, ExxonMobil didn't say this. Uh, uh, Chevron didn't say this. Shell didn't say this. China said this. Who's also saying it? India is growing their emissions. They're not controlled by some some fossil fuel cabal. Well, it says, um, of course, they uh, you know they, they it says that they they blame the rich countries for creating all the yep. pollution, and it's going to kill people in the poorer countries. They're the one. The, so it's they're they're except they're, the rich countries are, are the only ones that are seeing their emissions decline. Yeah, well, the U.S. has seen its emissions decline dramatically. Well, not enough for these people. Well, but the point is. They blame rich companies for growing emissions, but the emissions aren't growing in rich countries. They're growing in developing countries. Okay, so yeah. That... And they already swamp all the industrialized countries. China is alone. China alone, not counting Brazil, not counting India, not counting Pakistan, not counting anywhere else. China alone emits more emissions than all industrialized countries in the world. Yeah, and I'm not an So e- how are rich countries causing this? Right, and I'm not an economist, but I'm just going to say that, uh, I, you know, pick a, pick a, a country who – that, that qualifies as one of these poorer countries that they're talking about, if they were to suddenly see their um, carbon emissions, quote-unquote, going up, uh, they probably would see their poverty level going down. I'm just going to guess that that would – because it would mean that they're actually becoming more industrialized and, they're, and, and more modernized than they are right now, and therefore their, their, their standard of living would be better – if they if they if they produced a little more of this quote unquote pollution, well, that's 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 China's, India's, Brazil's, uh, Vietnam's, every developing country's not only aspiration is to be more like the United States as far as economic standards, but they're using fossil fuels to get there. Mm-hmm. So they agree with you 100. percent The only the only people that think fossil fuels aren't tied to economic growth live in relatively wealthy developed countries where they think, you know, you can uh, run the country on, uh, you can run from wind turbines and solar panels. And that ain't true. Well, uh, and here's one for you. I'm, I'm, I'm just quoting stuff from the story because that's why I have you on. And we're, we're talking to H. Sterling uh, Burnett. He's the director of the Robinson Center on Climate and Environmental, Environmental Policy at the Heartland Institute. Um, the authors blamed conservative foundations, quote, some backed by businesses have promoted efforts to oppose climate policies. Do you plead guilty to any of that, Sterling? Uh, well, I, I do plead guilty to helping oppose climate policies. Mm-hmm. I wish we were getting money from fossil fuel interests, but we don't. 
<laughs> you well, know, are you uh, been accused they, of that they, though? Haven't you? The, hasn't the foundation been accused of that? They, they accuse us all the time. Yeah. Yeah. No, they accuse us all the time. They stopped giving money to us uh, about 15 years ago, like in 2007. Mm-hmm. Uh, we keep going, uh, and they keep saying fossil fuel interests are funding us, but they ain't. And so, uh, you know, basically, I guess they they go back to Google and they search and. Some some guy on Google keeps posting the same thing that hasn't been true for fifteen years. But but but, uh, but even if it was true, who's funding us? Yeah, yeah, even if they were funding us, here's the deal: our arguments either stand or fall on their own. Right. And and they can't show data. I don't want to hear about computer models. Computer models don't get the current temperatures right. They don't get past temperatures right. So why should we trust their projections of future temperatures? And if they don't get temperatures right, the most basic projection they make, why trust them on anything else? So don't give me computer models. That's not science. Science is data. And you show me the data where any of these disasters are getting worse. They don't have it. Well, I and I've never understood people's um, concern or surprise that – a company whose existence depends on the uh, proliferation of fossil fuels would fund an organization that uh, f- agrees with them that they're not doing the damage to the planet that people are accusing them of. They're either right or they're not. And, and why, of course, I, I would want uh, to find some scientists who push back against the insanity. I, my business is dependent upon it. That doesn't automatically make it corrupt. They could still be right. Oh, that's right. That's right. Uh, you know, who knows more about pharmaceuticals than the pharmaceutical industry? Yeah. So are they are, are they out there funding people that? But but most industries, oddly enough, do end up financing people who want to destroy them. So uh, Marx was right. Capitalists will sell you the rope uh, to hang yourself with, and. And then uh, they're doing that when they fund Greenpeace and they fund uh, uh, Sierra Club and they fund, uh, you know, Defenders of Wildlife. Uh, basically, they're funding the people that want to cut their throats. And we're not getting that funding. And yet we're making the arguments that basically supports their position. Um, and so I have about a minute and a half left. Uh, what about the claim that reducing air pollution from burning fossil fuels would save 2.4 million lives a year. That's another claim from the, uh, not from the writers, but from the uh, report. Well, reducing CO2 will, will save no lives a year. Uh, there might be other pollutants that uh, affect um, people's lung conditions and things like that. However, air quality in American cities at the present uh, are uh, pose, don't, don't pose a, a threat anymore to human health. We've had it bad enough in the past that did. And we've cleaned it up. We, we have the cleanest uh, conditions on Earth. Uh, if there are air problems from fossil fuels, it's not here. It's abroad. And if they're concerned about that, I mean, you know, China, China can do something about it tomorrow. They can stop using coal. That's not what they're doing. Uh, we got about a minute left with Sterling Burnett. He's director of the uh, Robinson Center on Climate and Environmental Policy at the Heartland Institute. Uh, I only have about less than a minute. The Democrats, the media, and academia are all going to take this as gospel, as I said, just as they did 30 yep. years ago. So how long uh, is it going to take uh, before they can be stopped with this insanity, or, or will they ever be? Uh, well, you know, my prediction is uh, pretty soon climate change projections will become so untenable 
they won't be able to keep making these predictions. You know, uh, when the uh, when the when it goes on long enough and the snow keeps falling and winters keep coming, pretty soon people are going to say we don't believe that anymore, and they'll just find another bugaboo, uh, another environmental disaster to glom onto because this is not about the environment. This is about control. This is about imposing socialism through other means. Well, it's the same old story, but it's a new big story. We're going to be hearing a lot about it. I always appreciate having you around to poke holes in it. Sterling, thank you. Appreciate you having me on. Take care. Okay, that's Sterling Burnett, Heartland Institute. We'll be right back. With SRN News, I'm Jason Walker. Senate Judiciary Committee debating Katanji Brown-Jackson's nomination for the Supreme Court. Democrats aiming to confirm her by the end of the week, but it may not be easy. Iowa Republican Charles Grassley says Jackson has not been forthcoming in responding to a number of committee requests for documentation. We asked for other documents having to do with probation filing in the Hawkins case. Judge Jackson told us that she can't get records for her old cases because of, uh, she's no longer a district court judge. That seems to be very convenient. As more evidence comes in, President Biden calling for a war crimes trial against Vladimir Putin. Additional sanctions also following the atrocities committed in the town of Buka. This is SRN News. Have a 12 year old German Shepherd named Sophie, and she became overweight, stinky, greasy coat, and lifeless almost. Then, about four years ago, we found out she had several vertebrae fused together. She was unable to walk. The vet told us Sophie was going to have to be euthanized. I thought, I've got to do something. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. I remember Sophie starting the Dynavite, and she from day one has loved it. She is no longer stinky. She is full of life. Dynavite healed Sophie. Dynavite is nutrition. I truly recommend that people not wait until the vet recommends euthanasia. You have to get them on Dynavite right away while they're healthy. Dynavite for life. You won't believe how happy your dog will be. I get my Dynavite from D-I-N-O-B-I-T-E dot com. Dennis Prager can get fired up. Disneyland, Disney World. They don't say ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. They say dreamers and friends. They're sick. These people are sick. Understand that. They are pathological. You give a penny to Disney, you are encouraging the ruination of the society. Get it? Disney is an enemy of the good. The Dennis Prager Show. Weekdays at noon, right before Sebastian Gorka at 3 on AM 1250. The answer. Whose rule book do you want to play by? The government's or your own? This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy and Hagerman. Without a proper estate plan, many families end up playing by the government's rule book and losing a lot of what they'd intended to leave to their families. That's why Abernathy and Hagerman presents free, ongoing estate planning workshops with attorney Dan Reimer to help you protect what's yours and make sure the government plays by your rules. The next one's happening soon. For details and to attend, visit a-h.law. This view was worth a hike. Right? And it's a good way to stay on top of my health. Yes, I'm Cologuard, a prescription colon cancer screening option for people 45 plus at average risk. 
Have you screened for colon cancer? Not yet. Don't wait. It's more treatable when caught in early stages. Tell me more. Cologuard is non-invasive and it's used at home. It detects altered DNA in your stool to find 92% of colon cancers. 92%? Yep, even those in early stages. This was seen in a clinical study with patients 50 and older. Any positive result should be followed by a diagnostic colonoscopy. False positive and negative results may occur. Cologuard is not a replacement for colonoscopy in high-risk patients. Do not use if you have had adenomas, have inflammatory bowel disease and certain hereditary syndromes, or a personal or family history of colon cancer. Most insured patients pay zero dollars. Ask your provider or an online prescriber if Cologuard is right for you. Or visit Cologuard.com. I'm in. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. WPGP. Pittsburgh. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the Answer mobile app. Smart speakers. Tune in. iHeart or Odyssey. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. Still plenty of delays. Outbound 28 heavy between Butler Street and the Highland Park Bridge. Parkway East, busy ride on the outbound side. Bates Street up to the Squirrel Hill Tunnel. Delay of about six minutes there. Inbound slow to the tunnel. And between Grand Street and the Fort Pitt Bridge. Parkway West still moving along pretty well right now. We've also got construction happening on 5th Avenue, Oakland, between Robinson Street and Birmingham Bridge. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, The Answer. Weather. Cloudy skies tonight, slow 37. Cloudy and mild with some rain in the afternoon for tomorrow. High 60. Tuesday night, cloudy with some rain, low 46. Wednesday, sun and clouds, periods of rain late in the afternoon hours, the high 65. Thursday, mostly cloudy with some rain, high 62. Friday, high 51. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Andy Robb. This is the John Stackerwalt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. Well, you probably know all about Title IX, or at least you've heard about it enough, and you know it was written to make sure that women and girls had equal opportunities in, among other things, sports. Uh, That's what it's most known for. But the Biden administration will be making big changes, and it's all about sexual orientation and sexual identity. In other words, it will make things worse for women and girls in sports and other things. Uh, Madeline Osborne is managing editor, editor at The Federalist. She has more on this. Thanks for coming on the show, Madeline. I appreciate it. Hey, thanks for having me. So what is Joe planning? Let's get that out of the way. So his uh, Department of Education um, is about to finalize some new rules. We've known this is coming for a long time, but the reason that it's in the news now is because the Washington Post um, just got basically like a, a leaked draft copy. Um, and so we've seen some of the actual text, which says that they're no longer, Title IX is not just going to be about discrimination um, on sex or whether you're male or female, but on the basis of sexual orientation and gender identity. And that has um, implications that trickle far down into uh, federal funding, women's sports, due process, all sorts of things. So we're, we're really going to, we are really going to have to buckle up in the next couple of months when that gets finalized. Uh, and you write that the uh, changes will have seismic implications. Let's start with the seismic implications for sports. Yeah, so that's obviously going to be the biggest and hottest topic um, because that's, you know, one of the trans- transgender athletes competing in 
against cisgender women and girls in youth sports and women's college athletics is what we're seeing all over the headlines right now with uh, athletes like Leah Thomas winning women's title championships. Um, And so basically you have that going on in that news and then you have states, um, I think at least a dozen now that have passed laws barring biological males from competing in sports. And so when you have states passing laws saying one thing and then the federal government issuing uh, new rules saying the exact opposite, you're basically setting yourself up for um, some potential Supreme Court cases, uh, just a lot of litigation and a lot of classic state versus federal showdowns. Yeah, I uh, just as an aside here, it's a, it's a pet peeve of mine that I, I want to run by you. And uh, uh, you, you are an editor, managing editor at The Federalist. And so I, I've been wondering about this for a while. You just used the term here uh, just now, biological males, I think. Um, but you, you have that in your piece. Uh, you, you say, with biological males winning national women's titles. I have a problem. Maybe I don't know what I'm talking about because I'm, I'm, I'm just a guy on the radio, but you, you work in the editing business and, and as a writer. Um, why is it uh, – how is it that people are, who are critical of the insanity that's out there with the redefinition of what sex and gender means and all that, you feel the obligation to include the word biological male with bio, with instead of just male? Uh, I mean, I know why you do it, but – is it necessary? No, it's absolutely not. And, and the Federalist um, takes different stances on it depending on, you know, what the piece is. Um, but you're absolutely right. A, a male is a male is a male. And I think we're having to start to insert words like that when we start talking. Because we're going on offense against other publications who just start using terms like transgender girls or transgender um, women or transgender female. And we know that a transgender girl is a biological male. And so I think that's why we are, what we're trying to put the emphasis on, but you're absolutely right that it's a modified, it should be an unnecessary modifier. It's redundant. It's redundant. You're either a male or you're not. And my, it's yeah. every everybody is Absolutely. is biological. So I, I just, it's just something I started noticing a, a week or so ago when I was reading different things and 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 these you know you see these debates about it and people who are vehemently opposed to the whole concept of transgender and you know Leah Thomas. But uh, you keep here. I think it's I think it uh, somehow degrades the argument or or or, or reduces the the power of the argument. Because it's a concession that 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 a, a, a biological male is something other than a male. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy, but or maybe I'm being picky. But I think it. I think it's it it works against the argument to to continue to use. Yeah, it. I think I think you're right. I think it is redundant. Um, but I think it's just a matter of we're trying to get into the nitty gritty here uh, because people try to are, are twisting the meanings of words, right? So yeah. we're trying to double down on our definitions. Okay. Well, to get back to the subject here, um, you write also in the piece that um, you could be you could be accused of being uh, of, of harassment for just participating in a discussion about whether or not Leah Thomas is a male or, or whether or not he should be competing with and against women. 
Yeah, so one of the um, lawyers I spoke to about this story was a actually a former general counsel under Betsy DeVos in the Trump administration. And this is something that she pointed out to me that because two, there's two, there's the changes that tied, they're making to Title IX is twofold. One is the definition of sexual harassment, which is the gender identity, which is what we just talked about. Two, the second change they're making is they're going to be loosening up a lot of the due process protections that um, the Trump administration began enforcing. And so the way those two things are intertwined is that when you start changing the definition of sexual harassment, and then you start changing the definition of what is what um, you start changing the rules for the protections for people who are accused of sexual harassment, that's going to start basically affecting the ability and redefining, redefining um, you know, what you can even say about debates about um, single sex spaces or women's sports, right? Because you've changed not only what can, what constitutes sexual harassment, but you've also changed, um, you know, who, who can accuse who of what and what evidence can be presented. So when you start getting the changes they're going to be making, they're going to be changing, um, you know, transparency laws and, you know, the victim's rights. And, and basically, you know, if the accuser has a lot more power than the accused, the accuser could say, you know, this speech was, sexual harassment. You know, I'm a transgender person and I feel that I'm being harassed when you start saying, you know, I'm not welcome in the locker room. So it's kind of, it's complicated, but, uh, and the two things seem unrelated, but they're actually really related. And it's, and it takes this from, you know, classic sexual assault cases of rape um, or, you know, things like that. And it takes it to um, free speech and academic freedom issues to do this again but you just you just said another thing that reminds me of a of a question i have that was is a great question for an editor and i will get back to this discussion in a minute i apologize for going off the off the edge here a little bit but one of the most ridiculous sentences i've ever seen written i don't have it in front of me here but it it was involving the um the and i don't have it exactly here but the uh the story about the pen uh, women swimmers and they were talking about Leah Thomas uh, walking around the locker room. And the, the way the sentence was written, it said, some of the uh, women on the Penn team uh, anonymously uh, admitted that they were bothered by the fact that Leah Thomas walked around the locker room exposing her male genitalia. <laughs> Somebody felt obligated to use the word her in front of male. It's, it's just, again, to me, that's just... It's just uh, it's just going along with the insanity. It's only one word and one sentence, but they're they're talking about something that's so obviously insane, and then they're almost conceding that there's well, it's not quite that insane because this this person is is actually a her. Yeah, I think I think it is insane, but I also think um, that's just kind of like nature of how ridiculous these things are. It, it exposes. Um, how the left is just re- trying to redefine everything, right? They're mm-hmm. redefining the meaning of pronouns. <laughs> They're trying to rewrite the English language the way we've always used it. And so, of course, it's going to sound silly um, because we know how proper English works. Yeah, but Madeline, uh, I'm then- talking about uh, this was a this was in a piece written by a conservative at a conservative website, and I can't remember which one it was. It wasn't the Federalist, 
But it, it wasn't was, the thought of us because we don't we don't misuse pronouns. And now we'll use people's names because people mm-hmm. can change. You know, you can legally change yeah. your name to anything you want, yeah. right? So if someone changes their name, we'll happily use their name. Yeah. Um, but our our editorial policy is that we don't um, use misgendering pronouns. Um, there's ways to write around that, and every conservative website has their own policy on that. Mm-hmm. Well, the South, uh, getting back to this again, and uh, sorry to digress there, but the Southeastern Legal Foundation came out today and said that uh, Biden's plan actually, uh, quote, may even violate the rights of women secured nearly 50 years ago. Then it goes beyond sports, too. Yeah, sorry, say that again. It said it, it said that uh, the, the Southeastern Legal Foundation. This is a quote from the story they had uh, out today, a statement they had out today. I guess uh, it's, quote may this uh, new plan may actually even violate the rights of women secured nearly fifty years ago, and it goes beyond sports. That's my comment. It goes beyond sports, but it does. Right. So you know, the, that's the irony of all of um, of all of these women's issues, right? Because feminists, you know, what, the first wave feminists, second wave feminists, they would say we fought to have equality to to be on the same playing field as men, and we fought for equality for for women to sports to be. Um, on the, have the same platform and the same um, the same money and the same fund, same amount of federal funding as as men's sports and the transgender movement is just completely wiping that away and now we have third wave feminists kind of going along with it and basically undoing what women were burning bras for fifty years ago. Yeah. Well, and uh, the Title IX thing, I was doing stories on Title IX 20 years ago, uh, and the fact that it was supposed to be about equal opportunities and not equal outcomes. Uh, and uh, that, that was, that was um, just distorted over the years. And it, uh, so here we are still 20 years after that, and we're still talking about Title IX, and it's being, I guess, still reinterpreted again, depending on who the president is or which which uh, party is in control of the Congress. Yeah, and that's this is a little bit of a different topic, but that just goes back to the problem with the administrative state, right? These things shouldn't be dependent on who's in office, but um, bureaucracy is so big and has so much power. The executive branch oversees so many agencies that have all sorts of these kind of rules that are not made by lawmakers, that are not made by voters, um, and that's just kind of the nature of the beast, unfortunately. Yeah, I guess we're, it's just another example. It's uh, it, the, the president of the United States, which is where this, is be, this is begins and ends with him, where the president of the United States, uh, uh, somewhere in the Constitution, has the power to decide what is a woman and what is a man? It's beyond insane. Yeah, you could you can find a, a lot of Looney Tunes examples in every single bureaucracy. Um, you know, from EPA to FDA to uh, you know the my own boss was sued by the uh, labor bureau labor board because for making a tweet all the, and that was all under the president too. So it's just. Uh, bureaucracy is a scary thing. How much power the executive branch has so where do you over see, your daily life? Where do you see this um, this Title IX thing going? Is it uh, 
I mean, it's obviously going to be a uh, Republican-Democrat debate as soon as it's made official. Is this going to be something that uh, really blows up big because of the, the drastic changes that it's going to um, try to I- incorporate? I think it's going to be huge. Um, we're expecting the rule to be announced and finalized in, in just a couple of weeks, and I think you'll you'll see it everywhere um, then. I I think it's I think it is going to be big. I think it, the lawyers I've talked to have said, you know, in the past, the the federal government wields federal funding like a big hammer, and states usually back down when they bring out that hammer because you know, that's, that's a big threat is taking away their state's money. But they think that here there's such a fundamental, uh, such a disagreement on a fundamental level about whether or not men and women are different and about whether or not it's ever okay to have separate sports or separate bathrooms or separate services for men and women. And so that's such a fundamental argument that states aren't going to be backing down on this one, and that that's what will send it to the Supreme Court. Yeah, and what do what's what the is is the rule that women have to play in this? And I'm talking about not just female uh, politicians and female people in power, but um, what should be what should what should girls be uh, taught about this at the high school level or even before that? Because uh, it seems to me that this this idiotic movement actually has an ally in in girls and women in sports because they're afraid to come out and speak about it they they even when they do complain about it they make sure they preface that with saying that they understand Leah's uh uh um intention or desire to be herself and so they accept the idiot the the idiocy of the idea that Leah Thomas can decide that or Will Thomas can decide he's a woman, and then they complain that he's he's uh, swimming against them. Don't they have? Don't women have to come get a little bit tougher on this? Yeah, I think you're right. I think it is going to be up to the athletes, the girls um, in in high school, college, all levels, because at the end of the day, um, you know, it's unfair to them. And I think you're right. They have to speak up without the throat clearing about you know trans rights. Um, I think, I think it's going to be, it's absolutely up to the girls in the, in the sports and the athletes who are losing out. You know, we saw the girl who, who lost the, her place to swim in the, the championship meet, she, you know, she spoke out, um, and it's going to take a lot of courage, but it's going to take, they're the only ones that can do it. Right. Because, yeah. um, everyone else is just projecting onto them. Well- yeah, and I've been saying here for a long time that, that, that to me the solution is simple. Um, it, it's not simple for the girls involved, but it's simple just as far as this, uh, as, as uh, exposing this for the idiot, the stupidity that it is. Is that uh, if the girls at the the women, I guess at the uh, the NCAA championships looked at uh, Leah Thomas lining up to swim and said, uh, you know what, I'm not in, I'm not involved in this. I'm not going to be involved in a competition. I can't win. I'll see you later. And everybody walks off. That'd be the end of it. There'd be one guy swimming against himself and the, this, the issue is done, but th- there's not enough courage out there for anybody to do that. And that, and it should come from the coaches yeah. too. It's hard because they've spent their whole lives training for this, right? Yeah. Um, so to, to throw all that away, 
I understand why it's so hard, but I think you're right. I think that's the type of message that it's going to take. And what's um, finishing up here with Madeline Osborne? She's managing editor at The Federalist. You can find her piece there at thefederalist.com. Um, this whole uh, argument down in Florida with Disney and the law, the no, don't say gay law and all that uh, stupidity down there. Um, if this, if, if not for, for uh, governors like DeSantis, this stuff is going to be taught in schools and it's never going to go away, is it? If, if, if they're starting to indoctrinate kids when they're in the first grade? Yeah, it's kind of, it's disturbing. Um, you know, I don't understand what changed that teachers would ever want to, you know, a lot of teachers are saying, I can't talk about my own personal life. And it's like when my, none of my teachers ever talked about their personal no. life. Um, I don't know why I would be okay now. Um, but yeah, without, I, I'm sure we'll see other states, um, We'll see similar fights in other similar states and without with governors that are not as as firm as DeSantis. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, this is going to continue to be because right, it's it's about uh, people say people use the term say the term grooming isn't really accurate, but essentially they're not just it's not. <laughs> Sorry, I lost my train of thought. But basically, <laughs> they want. Y- they want to turn children against their parents and they want to keep things from parents um, because that's, that's how eventually at the end of the day, that's how they build their constituency. Right. Yep. Yep. Well, that's a, it's a tough battle, but if the Republicans have guts, uh, the guts to stand up, uh, they'll win it because the polls are in their favor. I, I, and I, I, I appreciate you coming on Madeline. Uh, great piece today at the Federalist and thanks. Thank you. Okay. That's Madeline Osborne, managing editor at the Federalist. We'll be right back. of nature, changing the world one life at a time. I'm a physician, and I still see patients every day. And, you know, so I tell my patients about this. And they ask me, what are you taking? And so I tell them, taking balance of nature. And they go, oh, yeah, I've heard about that. You know, so I tell them how to get it. I give them your telephone number, 2468751. And I tell them, call this number. And I said, they'll they'll take care of you after that. So... You know, I mean, I, I'm primary care. You know, I really think that it works well for, for people to have fruits and vegetables. Start your journey to better health with Balance of Nature right now. Call 1-800-246-8751 or go to balanceofnature.com for more information or to place your order. Shipping is always free. And don't forget to get 35% off your first order as a preferred customer by using discount code balance the john steigerwall show am 1250 the answer i got a suggestion for you i got a movie i think you should go to see it's really good it's about uh the mafia in the 40s 50s 60s maybe into the 60s uh it's really good movie i went to see it um yesterday and uh highly recommend it it's called the godfather I saw it in a theater yesterday, and it's at the, the where I saw it is at the uh, Phoenix Theater in in Bridgeville, and um, I just saw that it was playing, and I said, you know, I've I've seen it a thousand times on TV. I saw it in a theater when it came out fifty years ago. Do yourself a favor if you've seen the movie, no matter how many times you've seen it on TV. If you've never seen it in a theater, you have to go see it. 
But if you've seen it uh, in a theater a long time ago and you're old like me and you saw it when it came out, that you've seen it many times on TV, do yourself a favor. Go see The Godfather. I'm making you an offer you can't refuse. I'll talk to you tomorrow. The John Steigerwald Show is a production of the Answer Pittsburgh and Salem Media Group.